Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 338. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for being patient with us as we are finally happy to be back behind the mics talking about maybe like the biggest topic in our household recently, which is Marvel. For like the past, since the pandemic started, like WandaVision created monsters out of both of us, I think. Oh, absolute obsessive, crazy monsters. And we just can't get enough of it. And Moonlight has just continued to propel that forward. Yep. So good news is we are hoping to be back in a more normal schedule for the podcasting side of things. Bad news is... That if you're not a huge Marvel fan, we're not going to have a ton of non-Marvel content in the near future. Just because we've got Moon Knight now, so we'll have to do an episode next week reacting to the finale episode. That happens on Wednesday. Then Thursday, we see Multiverse of Madness. Then Which sure, is going to blow our mind. Yeah, and you know that, that might be a two-part episode, <laughs> depending on how good it is. Then we'll have Miss Marvel starting up soon. We'll also have Kenobi starting up soon after that. And then on top of that, we'll be going to Disneyland early in the summer. So that will be Disneyland will be like our respite from Marvel. However, Kenobi is not Marvel. Well, okay. You're correct. Kenobi will be the respite as well. But then I'm trying to predict our Disneyland trip. I think this might just like last time, we might spend the most amount of time in Avengers Campus out of anywhere, especially if Wanda makes her debut like it's rumored to be. I mean, that would be pretty epic. I'm not going to lie. I would be very stoked to see her in real life. How many pictures would you want to take with Wanda? All of them. I would need to do wardrobe changes, probably. And I need to get my hands on a pair of those ears. That's what we need. Yeah, if any uh, Disneyland friends happen to see those Wanda ears in World of Disney, we will pay for shipping and... We will pay heavily <laughs> for some Wanda ears. <laughs> well, not heavily, because they are on eBay right now. They're going for around 80 bucks a pop. So you That's could... pretty heavily. What are they, 30 Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty good markup. Yeah, it is, but part of the game, I guess. Hopefully, and- we can find some at retail price. Or we'll be buying them for $80. I um, actually rope dropped World of Disney today just out of speculation that they would be in Walt Disney World. And they were not, as a- you can tell. AKA, we've reached a new level of crazy over here. Well, you were just at work. I just, just that was like on my honeydew list was. <laughs> rope- Go find some Wanda ears. Yeah. Best wishes. And I was unsuccessful. Yeah, but that's okay. Okay, so this episode is going to be all about. Moon Knight, we're calling it a mid-season review. Of course, we are, you know, five late season, five sixth of the way through. Obviously, spoilers through episode five. If you are not caught up, 
bookmark this episode, come back to it later once you're caught up in Moon Knight and join us then. Uh, I'll do a countdown. Three, two, one. If you're still here, you should expect spoilers. Correct. So, Moon Knight, I did not have super high expectations for it. I really didn't know what to expect. You know, we have talked about it in the past. Neither of us are comic book centric. You know, we're not experts in the comic books and in the source material. I've read some, but I've never read anything with Moon Knight in them. And and it's Moon Knight's actually an interesting character. Now we've learned through, you know, diving into all these fan theories and whatnot. Moon Knight is actually not a character who has a lot of runs that he has been a part of. So it's kind of interesting to see that there, there's few things and they're kind of picking and choosing where to take inspiration from, it seems like. But I do appreciate that it seems to have a lot of ties back to the comics. Like, I always think that's really cool when they are able to tie in the source material like that. I mean, I think it just shows that they are trying to be loyal to those really hardcore fans. But, I mean, I agree. Walking into this, I was not excited because he seemed like a very dark Character, And I think we are learning that Moon Knight is a dark character, but it made me think of Daredevil, and I know a lot of people like him. I did not. So I was very hesitant. Even after the first episode, I feel like a lot of people were raving about Moon Knight, and I was just kind of on the sidelines, just smiling and nodding. It probably took me until episode two, three to really be hooked. It's interesting for me because we're in the middle of doing our Multiverse of Madness pre-watch, uh, you know, so do, preparing and watching everything that we need to to be as fresh as we can for Multiverse. So we're we are basically watching WandaVision can, at the same time as Moon Knight, and they both they have a lot of the same like mysterious elements. And I think now I've decided like this is my favorite genre or favorite style that Marvel does compared to something like uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier or even Hawkeye. You know, there's some mysterious elements to it, but nothing like WandaVision and this where it's like there's gaping holes for things that you are missing and trying to discover. You know, and it's one of those... Uh, to me, the rewatchability of some of those other shows is not that great. Like, I can tell you the plot of Hawkeye basically straight through right now. WandaVision, it's one of those, like, now watching it for what is it, our second or third time yeah. all the way through, we're picking up on so many things that we missed before. And I think Moon Knight is going to be the same way that once it's done, we're going to be like, there's so many Easter eggs and there's so many things that. You know, knowing how this ends next week, everything else will have a different context about it. Yeah, I do think it also just makes it so much more exciting, kind of the chaos and confusion element of it all, where you don't quite understand what's happening and you want to figure it out. So you are trying to make all those connections. I mean, for one, it gets a little frustrating because there are so many theories And I feel like we've guarded our hearts a little after WandaVision, but it is still fun in the end. Yeah. I'll be interesting. I don't think we can make the determination next week. I mean, uh, sorry, this week. We'll have to wait until next week to rank this 
with other Marvel shows. But obviously, WandaVision is number one for you. Always. Is Loki number two? Well, I am going to wait and see how Moon Knight is playing out because I'm I... saying pre Moon Knight. Oh. Like Moon Knight's not on the list yet. Oh, well, then, yeah, Loki would be second. And what's third? Hawkeye and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which makes me very sad because I'm a big Bucky fan. Yeah. And what if we're, I don't, I don't think I'm ready. We actually haven't even finished what if. Yeah, that's on our list. We're going to have to finish it before Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. I think I would agree. I might put WandaVision and Loki like 1A and 1B, but Moon Knight has been so good so far. I feel like Moon Knight has to be way up there. Way up there. Better than WandaVision? I mean, no. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not get carried away, but just way up there. Yeah. Okay, so we have just some talking points. Nothing is going to be like in any particular order. I don't think these are just things that have come up in conversation between us and watching other fan theories. And uh, so we're just going to kind of talk through these things the the thing that now now that we know that Steven is just created by Mark in order as a way to deal with his childhood drama what i was saying in my mind was like i came into this episode with my brain in a thousand pieces not knowing anything like i was so confused not really knowing what's going on i feel like my brain has been put back together but now my heart has been shattered into a thousand pieces. I mean, it is really now that you made the parallel between Moon Knight and WandaVision, they are very similar in the way that everything's being set up because we saw the exact same thing with WandaVision. It was just the episode that we watched yesterday where she had to go back and kind of relive all of her traumas in order to figure out how Westview was created. We just had to revisit all of Mark's traumas so that we can figure out how this asylum is created. So it does have a very similar setup, but it, it really attaches you to these characters. Yeah. I was, we talked about this, that I can't remember who said it, but there was a quote saying in response to turning red is that like, it's, it's kind of like a dark humor joke, I guess, kind of like Pixar. And I'm just speaking as to millennials like us, but Pixar realizes that millennials a lot of times we're too stubborn or too cheap to go to therapy so that they force us to go into these movies and deal and unpack, you know, the things that we've been through and tough subjects. And now I feel like Marvel's kind of doing a similar thing. Now, obviously this is a way darker and and more traumatizing thing to be witness to, but it is, it's something that I think that gets lost to non Marvel fans or like non-action fans is that the emotional pull from these characters I think is, I mean, that's what draws you in that it's not the action scenes. It's, it's the emotional connection to these characters. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that episode five of WandaVision would make anyone love Wanda more. I mean, it does make you want to root for her because you understand why she does the things that she does. Like it's not because she's, bad she's not a villain it's because she's just hurting and i feel like mark is the exact same way now we don't quite understand this whole jake side of him and i know we're gonna get to that but i'll be interested to unpack that hopefully next week yeah 
So my first point was just to say, kind of spinning off of that, is that I think it was such a brilliant way to start this show, focusing on Steven for basically the first like episode and a half, that we thought Steven is the main character, and we thought this is Steven's body, Mark is the imposter, you know? <laughs> you know what that makes me think? <laughs> what? The sus thing. I'm a oh, teacher. You oh, can't say imposter and not make me think. Among Us. Yeah, Among Us. Among Us was like the beginning of the pandemic. We're all past that now, right? Not, not when you're in a room full of fifth graders all they day. They still play Among Us? Um, They still reference it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Imposter. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, that, that just kind of set the stage where nothing is as it seems. But the other half of that is it made all of us fall in love with Steven. Like, Steven is the hero of this. And, you know, one of the videos we just watched is they're saying, you know, some people argue, you know, they'll say, Steven's not real, you know, that's just, and he's not, but he is a real character. Mm -hmm. And he is important to the story. We heard it put if that Steven is the protector of Mark. When Mark is not able to face something head on, Stephen is there to protect him from it. And you see that symbolism play out in the boat scene where the dead are trying to pull Mark down into the sand dunes and Stephen is there to protect him. So I thought that was just, that's skipping, you know, obviously to the end of the episode, but Stephen's arc, and hopefully it's not done yet. Surely, I would be so upset if we don't see Stephen again. But his arc was so beautiful. I mean, for lack of a better term, it was so well done. So, and yeah, I mean, and that's where we start to get into just the brilliance of this entire series is that they've packed so much in that we essentially, and by we, I mean people who don't read the comics, knew nothing about Moon Knight, Mark, you know, any of this, and we have fallen in love with Steven to the point where five episodes in, we're all heartbroken that he's potentially gone now. Yeah. I mean, what an emotional roller coaster. So it has been kind of a discussion so far that we've seen. We've seen it pop up in multiple places of people drawing parallels between Steven and Bing Bong from Inside Out. Do you buy that? No, I think... The parallel is just that it was a very sad, emotional departure. And it was it was one of those things where, you know, Bing Bong had to get sacrificed so that Riley could, I guess, not Riley, but so that Joy could get back to Riley and help her out. And then, you know, this is kind of Mark having to confront his own past and move forward. But uh, I don't know. It might be a bit of a stretch. I don't, it's it's an interesting thought. And, you know, we already kind of talked about that. To me, I do see a lot of parallels in storytelling between Pixar and Marvel, you know, with how they go about things. That they take super, super tough subjects and break them down and make them relatable. And I think another thing that kind of pops up a lot, uh, to me, that's been popping up, especially in this episode, is seeing how vulnerable Mark is. You don't see that in a lot of the big macho man characters. You don't see them cry. You don't see them, you know, deal with things and not know how to deal with things. 
I don't know. Do you remember how Thor handled things? Well, I just, I do. But that's a different, you know, they're showing that there's, there's no right way to deal with trauma, I guess is what I like seeing on screen. Yeah. I mean, it does give you a completely different picture. When people think about superhero movies, they do just think of like fighting bad guys, lots of action. And I do think most people who just kind of roll their eyes or don't enjoy superhero movies probably don't recognize the depth that it does have. So as we're talking about this relationship between Mark and Steven, let's throw Jake in there. So if you're not familiar in the comic books, there is a third persona in this body, and that is Jake Lockley. He's been teased so heavily. Just like anything else in Marvel. They just dangle it in front of us. It's like the Mephisto of this series. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, you saw it teased. I think that was episode three when Steven got control of the body and he's pulling a knife out of the guy. He said, I didn't do that. And Mark says, I didn't do that. You know, so it's, it's implying there's a third person here who is doing this. Uh, you also see it with the sarcophagus and in episode four, in episode four of like, there's another person who needs to get out. I thought, and we said this during the middle of the episode when, when uh, Tawellet pulled Tawellet, is that how you say it? Oh gosh. Now you got me all confused. Ta, Tawa, Tawallet. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying it with like a Southern accent. Tawellet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no one comes here for the appropriate pronunciations. This is why we're all here, so <laughs> they can listen to us mess things up. But when she pulls both of their hearts out and it doesn't balance, we both said, oh, they need the third. They need Jake's. That's Yeah, we automatically thought, this is it. Like This is the moment that they're going to have to confront Jake rather than like Mark's past. So here's my theory. Tell me what you think of this. I do think we will meet Jake, even if it's just brief. I mean, I think that's part of his part of what Mark's healing process is going to have to look like is he's going to have to accept that there are three. There's there's like the very innocent side and Steven Mark is in the middle and then Jake is very vicious and, you know, carries out the things that Conchu wants to that Mark cannot do on his own. But. To me, I think what we're going to learn, because so far, Mark is not present when his mom is beating him, and Stephen is not present when his mom is beating him. So one way of looking at that is Stephen says the phrase, that's not my mom. You know, as soon as, when, with the flashback scene in the bedroom, he says, that's not my mom, that's not my mom, that's not my mom. So he is maybe just convincing himself that this is a stranger doing this to him, and that's why Stephen has good memories of his mom where my mind went is that Steven actually disassociates and Jake is the one who took all the beatings and that's what made him vicious. Vicious maybe isn't the best word. Well, more, I guess tougher skin. Yeah. I don't know what the appropriate term would be. Um, So you think Mark is completely disassociated from that? Because, I don't know, the way that I saw it play out was that Mark took on 
kind of that and allowed Stephen to have the better childhood, which is why he was so upset when, you know, Stephen uncovered everything because he was like, well, that wasn't for you to see. That was on me. I don't, I just Maybe. don't. What if Stephen actually created Jake because he couldn't deal with it? Oh, man. I mean, it, it puts your mind into a pretzel. That's definitely a pretzel moment. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think it's something to, because so far, neither of them. I feel like well, it has to come from Mark, though, because if essentially, if Stephen is gone, right, if if Mark made peace with Stephen and that's why he had to be let go, right, then Jake is still there somewhere. We don't know where yet. But I feel like it would still have to be part of Mark. Yeah, I get that. I So I guess, do you think we'll see him in episode six? I hope so. So how many? It is one, it is one of those loose ends that if you go back to the comics, it's pretty essential yeah. that we'll at least see him. So in the comics, I guess the, the most common or one of the main storylines that happens is similar to this where, but and Mark has to come to terms with all three of his personas. And the only way that he can defeat Khonshu and, you know, free himself of this is by using all three together. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like that has something has, they've teased it so hard. I'm surprised. But again, I know. We- been there before i'm curious to see how you know obviously between the british accent and the american accent it's very easy to distinguish between and their mannerisms are very different between steven and mark totally different so what will jake be i just imagine like a tough guy maybe like a new york accent (laughs) (laughs) like you know he's big and bad i don't know but i kind of thought i think jake maybe plays into layla's dad as well as that Jake is that, you know, he, it was the Jake persona who killed her dad. Oh, 100%. They're leaning into that. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think we have to see Jake in some former capacity, but I guess we'll find out. So we just brought up Layla. So Layla, uh, if you're not familiar, she's actually not from the comics. They, her, Mark's love interest in the comics is called Marlene. Is that right? I thought they said Molly. Maybe it's different. Marley. Maybe it's a mix between them. I swear they said Molly. I don't think it's Molly. Okay. Anyway. I'm going with Molly. I think it's Marley or Marlene. Essentially, in the comics, it was a blonde girl who was the love interest. And the director, Mohamed Diab, decided that when they were making the show, since it was set in Egypt, they wanted it to be more accurate so they just you know they changed her slightly to be Layla so that she would be Egyptian yeah but uh, Marley Molly Marlene whoever (laughs) she is it's a similar backstory where her father was an archaeologist who who was was, killed who was killed by Mark so the question is is you know how far did they take this Layla character there again they have teased it so heavily of that she will become a character named Scarlet Scarab, who is a superhero, but has been an adversary to some our traditional superheroes in the past, like 
Uh, and Scarlet Scarab is typically a male in the comics, or is what? always. So it's not Molly. No, no, Molly's just the love interest. Scarlet Scarab is different. Well, that's lame. But Scarlet Scarab draws power from the Scarab, and I think various other, maybe a god. I don't, but I don't think Scarlet Scarab is an avatar. No, it's it's some other way that he draws his power, but. We've heard multiple times of that Layla was called My Little Scarab by his, by her dad. She has had multiple, and he was wearing a scarlet. Scarab when he died, or when he was killed. Yeah, scarf. Yeah. That has scarlet scarab. And then in the asylum scene, she has a band-aid on her pinky, and there's a little red scarab on it as well. So it seems like... She will definitely get introduced as that. I thought it was going to happen in this episode, but I actually thought it was going to happen in last episode when she and Steven were in Alexander the Great's tomb. But I think, you know, I guess the question is when Mark makes it back to the living, will he go back into Alexander the Great's tomb? And maybe, you know, in that meantime, Layla has gained her powers. So are we all assuming now at this point, because I know it was up in the air as far as what the heck is actually happening. Are we all assuming that this is all just a dream? He's all just in his head right now. I mean, so has he ever left the tomb or is he just like knocked out, like semi-conscious somewhere thinking through all these things? Well, it is my opinion that he actually died. So you do think right now, at the end of episode five, he is in the field of reeds. Yes. And I think Ta Wellett, they convinced her that it was necessary that they needed to go back in order to stop Harrow and Ahmed. So she is still out there somewhere trying to find a way to get him back. She is in Layla? No, Ta Wellett. Well, yeah, that's why she took him to the gates. That's why she turned the boat around. Mm. So I think the question for me that there is a theory out there, and we watch some that say like this all this is all in like you said it's all in Mark's head. None of this is actually happening. I don't think that's true. I think everything has happened up to this point, and I think that that asylum is exactly what Tal Wellett explained is that you know. Your mind just creates something that makes sense for you to go through this process until you're ready to, you know, your fate is decided for eternity. So even the trippy, like, back and forth thing that it did three times? I think it's just all part of it. I mean, I think it's just part of him trying to get to that healing process and and him accepting all of the different personas. That's my opinion. And I honestly don't think they will answer that. Like you think they, they're just going to leave us hanging? I think that's going to be one of those things that's like left up for interpretation. Mm. I don't know how I feel about that. So, Do you think it's just all like he's just laying there on the floor in Alexander the Great's tomb and like all of this is happening straight in his head? I mean, to a certain extent, I I could see it being like that because... I'm I'm just struggling with like the back and forth of the scenes with 
Amit as a doctor? Like, what is... Hero. Oh, Hero. Well, Amit's whatever. Avatar. I just don't understand what's happening there. Like, why Why are those scenes there? Just, I don't know, because one minute he's talking to Mark, the next he's talking to Steven. I think it's just part of his process of, tr- like, trying to figure out, is he actually crazy? Or just coming to terms with what his brain has done throughout his life. Hmm. I guess we'll see. I guess we will. Where were we going with that? You know, that's a great question. We were talking about Layla. Oh, yeah. So I guess the question is, did Layla get her powers while we were in this in-between zone with Mark and Steven? What exactly are her powers? Do we know? Well, you know, who knows if they'll take a direct, you know, interpretation of Scarlet Scare from the comics because Layla is a new character. I think she'll just become some sort of superhero and, you know, harness the power of the Scarab, whatever it might be. Maybe she gets to Ahmet first, but uses Ahmet's powers for good. Who knows? She, for all we know, she could be a villain. We don't know. Maybe, you know. She is a little shifty. Her discovering the truth about how her father died may turn her bad. Well, even before that, in the scene with the passport and her mom, I mean, wasn't it giving you weird vibes? Like, almost. I don't think that was her mom. But didn't didn't they talk about, like, your father? Yeah, I I think she just, that lady knew Layla's father. Well, I'm going to go with it was her mom. A motherly figure, maybe. Maybe. I just I felt like that was a little shifty. Could be. I don't know. I I think at the end of this, we'll get Scarlet Scarab, and it will be Layla. I don't think they'll introduce a different Scarlet Scarab. Oh no, that I would riot. That would be a bit much. The only thing I guess you could they could be saying is like, oh, we were just referencing the comics. You know, we were paying homage to the Scarlet Scarab, but. That character's not in this. Yeah. That or, you know, we wait five years and then they'll bring it up again and we'll have to come back and connect all the dots. Yeah. Uh, so we just have a couple of other things. This is probably a conversation that we will have next week more thoroughly. But just where's your mind at on where will this lead into anything? Do you think this is just kind of freestanding we do have to take into uh, – we have to keep it in mind is that Oscar Isaac has been pretty adamant that he did not sign anything past this to play Mark, Moon Knight, Steven, anybody. Now, he Don't could just, other people say that, though? They do. Like, Angelina Jolie said that, too, and then they came and said, you will see the Eternals again. Yeah. It's like, hello, so, yeah, and the only thing is that like he was pretty adamant. I he has ill feelings about Star Wars. He's not happy with how Star Wars ended. So is he mad at Disney or is he just mad at Lucasfilms? Like, does he is he or is he fine with Marvel? Who knows? I think he'll show up again. If anything, I think we'll at least get Layla as a character that continues on. But I would be hard-pressed to think that this is the 
that Moon Knight's just going to be in these six episodes and never show up again. That would, yeah, that would be a bit sad. I think because now we have grown to really like him. And I feel like that would be just like a shame. I just don't think he's going to be like a Robert Downey Jr. who does it for 10 years. Which is fine. I think that's okay. Yeah. So what titles come to mind of what you think this could play into? Well, I know what you're going to say. Which is? Black Panther 2. Yeah. And it's... And I do think, and I haven't really gotten to talk about this either. I mean, I do like that they're making lots of different connections and mentions, like the ancestral plane has come up at least two or three times because everyone always seems to catch on to that. So I think it's an interesting idea that they're connecting the field of reeds to the ancestral plane, but I I don't know if it leads into Black Panther. I don't know if it's enough, like just that one mention I think it's nice that they are connecting these different aspects of Marvel just to show like they can coexist or they can have similar beliefs. And, you know, again, it's tying into a lot of these ancient civilizations and religions and things that are from the past, which is really cool. That you love. I adore it. I'm totally geeking out over Catherine all of it. taught ancient civilizations in case you didn't know. As Specifically ancient Egypt. So as soon as all of this started going down, I was sold. And then Brendan mentions that uh, Love and Thunder is going to go into Greek mythology. I'm done. I mean, who knew? Who knew that Marvel and comic people enjoyed ancient history? Wow. I found where I truly belong. (laughs) (laughs) This is my kind of people. Good people. I lost where I was going with this, but I don't, what I'm saying, I guess, is I don't know if that's enough to be like, oh, because we got this, we're getting Black Panther 2 next. So I don't remember where I saw it, but the reason why I started thinking that was because there, do you, I don't know how to, the realm, I don't know, Amet and Khonshu and all those other gods in the comics, they do know, and forgive me, I don't know the name of it. They do know the Black Panther God who gives the Black Panther and Wakanda their power. Like they, they They're interact. They're friendly with each other. Yes. It's not like, like, I don't think Khonshu knows Odin and Thor. At least it, to me, it doesn't seem like they do. So then why do they know Zeus, Brendan? When did they mention Zeus? In Love and Thunder. Well, that's... well. I'm yeah. just saying, how are some gods going to know each other, but well, all the gods they, don't know each other? Maybe they all know each other. They've all got to be friends. But anyway, I'm just... like I think we're maybe going to get more in Black Panther 2 into the mythology behind and the, and the religious aspect of how they harness the power and, and more than just the technology of what we've learned so far because obviously they're going to have to do something to pass the torch from T'Challa to the next person, to the next black Panther. And I think we'll maybe meet the black Panther God, which I, I don't know their name. I know. I we just watched a video. Shamet. No, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, that's maybe where I think there could be 
crossover because maybe, well, who knows? But I mean, it would be really cool if we if we got that announcement. I just, I don't know if it's enough. I think from recent history, what you cannot expect, though, because I some people will say Love and Thunder because it's all about gods, you know, and it's part of the same thing. I, it doesn't seem like they usually turn them around that quickly. Like it, it took Yelena, you know, quite some time to show up again in Hawkeye. I mean, I guess that was only like six months later. I was going to say that was a pretty quick turnaround. But Love and Thunder comes out in June or July. 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 So I don't know. Would that be too quick for Mark to show up again? Who knows? I don't know. Either way, I mean, but you could also say maybe it goes into the Eternals. You know, maybe this connects to uh, Harry Styles' character. Well, no, I've already said that Harry Styles' character is going to be in Love and Thunder. Because doesn't that seem more that, that seems speed on brand. with, you know, with the Guardians of the Galaxy and everything like that? You made me think of something else and I already forgot it. Oh, the Eternals. I could see that. I could see this playing nicely or fitting in nicely with the Eternals because you've even mentioned Dane Whitman. Black Knight. Black Knight. I don't really see how the two connect besides the fact that they're knights, but he is in the Eternals, so he seems like a Mark-esque character. Yeah. You mean in the Eternals, just the movie, like? Yeah. Yeah, as that you're saying. Like, yeah, he's just kind of dark, kind of mysterious. Yeah. You don't know anything about him, but he has a sword that talks to him. And maybe Black, so we, I guess we assume Black Knight is going to show up in Blade. So maybe Moon Knight shows up with Black Knight in Blade. Maybe that makes the most sense. They fight vampires. Ugh. Marvel just never ceases to amaze me. Now we have vampires that we have to worry about. Correct. You can go see Morbius, too. You can worry about that vampire. No, I was on the Egyptian god train here because it was really cool. I don't know about the whole vampire thing. You'll learn to love it. We'll see what happens. Except not Morbius. No. Apparently, he's like, we haven't seen it, but apparently he's like the worst movie ever made. Yeah, again, it seemed very dark. It wasn't my speed. Um, so what else do you want to talk about? I think one topic that has come up, we've kind of briefly mentioned it here, is there was a viral video that was going around like last week of saying Marvel has a pacing issue. It's that, you know, when they're in the writing room and writing out these shows they leave too much to chew in the last episode. It definitely happened in WandaVision. It definitely happened in Falcon and Winter Soldier. It happened in Loki to a certain extent. I don't think Loki was as bad because that was purposely a cliffhanger. Yeah, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the worst. And I think that's why it ranks at the bottom of the totem pole. Because it was rushed. Yeah, when it comes to my personal ranking. And WandaVision was rushed, too. I mean, you have to admit that. Uh, well, we could have gotten 10 more episodes of WandaVision, and I would have said it was rushed. It would never have been enough. So I guess the question is, is this the show where they finally correct it, and they're able to have a proper finale, 
and I'm and I don't think a proper finale necessarily means that there's not a cliffhanger. I just mean that there's not a thousand questions that aren't answered or like a Sharon Carter situation in Falcon and Winter Soldier where she's like, oh yeah, I'm bad. And they just, oh yeah, Sharon's bad. And they just move on. <laughs> you know, like I almost forgot about that. It leads up to it's this so huge comical. moment and she's just like, I don't like you. And they're like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we got bigger things to worry about. We're yeah, going to keep moving like these on. Teenagers. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like to think that they're going to tie it up with a nice bow. I do think, I mean, kind of like we divulged already, there's a lot. I mean, there is the freeing of Khonshu. I'm very interested in all those other gods that were on the shelf with him because clearly this is a trend that we can assume Amit is, I don't know. I feel like it's been laid out that Amit is this puppeteer who's trying to gain control so you know, she has to get rid of all these other gods first. And it seems like Khonshu was the most recent one, you know, in that downfall. But I don't know. So we have that to deal with Scarlet Scarab. What the heck is actually going on with Mark? Like, where are we going to see everything connect again? Do we see Steven? Do we get Jake? I don't know. I mean, it's not an overwhelming list, but it is a lot. Yeah. I just am preparing myself that this is going to be one of those endings where did you ever see Inception? Uh, I think I saw it one time and I hated it. I almost think this is going to end like Inception where it's dumb, not dumb, but like it's, they don't, they don't feed it to you with a spoon, you know, like it's wildly left up to interpretation. And maybe they answer it in the future. Maybe they don't. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm trying to wrap my mind around that kind of ending. I mean, I do think they could leave some things up to interpretation, like you said. I mean, if we don't ever find out, is this in his head? Is it an actual place? Was he actually in the field of reeds? Yada, yada, yada. Like, I could live with that. But I don't know about the rest of it. Like, I do feel like we need some closure on some of these things. Okay, so winding down, our favorite time, just wild speculation. I guess this whole episode (laughs) has been wild speculation. A semi, yeah. Do you have any predictions you want to make for episode six? I have one. Oh, I was not prepared for this, Brendan. This was not in the notes. I did not get a preparation do you want me to go through mine first and you can think about yours? I guess so. I just don't want to cheat off of you. So I think Steven will show up again. And I think the way that Steven will show up is that Mark has some sort of, like we've seen in the past, he has a puzzle or something relating to Egyptian you know, relics that he needs Steven to do for him. So he basically, you know, wills him back into his mind so that Steven can do it. Kind of like how Wanda willed vision back. Not everything relates back to Wanda vision. Says who? Me. Okay. So let's, let's think about this. What happened in episode six of Wanda vision? Since there are so many parallels, I mean, essentially we see Wanda turns into, 
Scarlet Witch. So maybe we'll see Layla turn into the Scarlet Scarab. Too many Scarlets. That is a that is a lot. Too yeah. too many. Too many. Um, oh, I don't know. I do like that idea. I wonder though if if Stephen comes back, maybe we won't see him physically, but maybe we'll just hear him, or maybe just see him like in a reflection kind of thing again, since they do always go back to that. And maybe that's how we meet Jake too. Like if they don't want to. Show him, like, physically. There is one scene that has popped in the trailers that I can vividly remember we have not seen in the show yet. And it is Steven, specifically. You can skip this if you want to, if, you don't, if nobody wants anything spoiled. Correct me if I'm wrong. He has not said this yet. In the trailer, he is leaning over sarcophagus or something, and he says, this is the best day of my life. Has he said that yet in the show? Oh, I don't know. Pause. We have to go watch this. So we did find it. It is in the episode three promo trailer. We think maybe it was already said in episode four. Yeah, it was kind of inconclusive because they played the sound clip, but it didn't match what was happening in the scene. But I do think it was something that he probably said to Layla. Like early on. Yeah. Yeah. It could be in episode six. It could be. But probably not. Probably not. Okay. Any other predictions for episode six? I don't know. I just hope he stays around. I just, I don't want to get rid of all this yet. Because like I said, I think I found my people here. And what if it's better than WandaVision? What if the finale just melts your brain and it's better than WandaVision? Could that be possible in your mind? I will try to open myself up to the idea, but it is going to be a tough one to happen just because I already felt like I had a connection to her and to just throw that away after It wouldn't be throwing away. It would just be dropping it to number two. You know, tomato, tomato. (laughs) (laughs) It all sounds the same. Okay, uh, last question. They just asked, uh, Pedro Pascal just did a interview with Variety. He plays Mandalorian, Mando. Yeah. Din Jaren. Okay. And they asked him, and they also asked Oscar Isaac, who would win in a fight between Moon Knight and Din Jaren? Oh. I mean, Moon Knight does have like an Egyptian god on his side. So that is kind of hard to be. I mean, Mando... Well, I was going to say maybe Mando is more street smart, but I don't know if that's true because Mark has a lot of stuff going on. I mean, what do you think? I think it's Moon Knight. But is that what they both said? They both said their own characters. Oh, my gosh. I kind of think it might be Moon Knight. And maybe we're just biased. I'm more of a Marvel person than a Star Wars person. Pedro said, oh, we put on our armor in our backyard all the time. and We fight and I win every time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I hope that actually happens. That'd be great. <laughs> yep. Um all right. So glad to be back. Glad to be talking about Marvel. And it's always a good time. If you are a Marvel fan, then this will be a haven for a little while. Quite some time. But we'll try to sprinkle in some other stuff as well. 
I mean, we did mention we do have a Disneyland trip that we are planning right now. So that's super exciting. We are actually planning it with Hannah and Clayton, our friends, who Hannah is also our travel agent sponsor. We mention her all the time. So that'll be super exciting for us to talk about. I mean, Disneyland is always a good time. And yeah, I don't know. It'll be our first time seeing World of Color out there. Our first time seeing Fantasmic in Disneyland. First time seeing Fantasmic, period, in two years, three years. At least, yeah. Maybe we'll get Fantasmic back at our park soon. Main Street Electrical Parade. And I can't believe we forgot to mention this. Next week, we have a preview of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Oh my gosh, yeah, more Marvel. Just when you think it can't get any better. We were talking about it just today. I guess now we know we have Moon Knight season finale on Wednesday. We're going to have to wrap that up in our heads real quick because on Thursday we see Multiverse of Madness. And then on Sunday is our preview day. So it's just like bam, bam, bam. So yeah, I mean, at some point we're going to have to watch Guardians Volume 1 and Volume 2. Can we skip Volume 2? Why? I don't like Ego. Oh, my gosh. I'm not a fan. Well, he's a villain. You're not supposed to like him. But, like, really not a fan. Hmm. Interesting. He's just one of those You just don't villains. like Kurt Russell? Maybe. And then, I don't know, the more stuff that comes out, I'm getting super excited for Love and Thunder. I think it's going to be... As good as Ragnarok is my prediction, which Ragnarok is, I think, my favorite MCU movie. Yeah, we'd have to go back and listen to our rankings, but I do think you've ranked it number one. It's so good. I I just think, based off of the trailer, again, it does seem like they are playing into the fact that Thor's been through some stuff. And he's already, I would say, a huge fan favorite. I think it's just going to give him... Some good depth. And hopefully, I mean, I don't know if if he is in store for like a happy ending. We might be past that. But hopefully he finds closure. Which is ultimately what we want for Wanda. What I want for Wanda. (laughs) (laughs) Say it with me. Not everything has to do with Wanda. Oh, but we're so close to Multiverse of Madness. But objectively, Thor has had the worst shake out of... Anybody. But when you compare him to Wanda. No. It's all that his parents and his sibling. And their love interest. No, Jane's still alive. Well, then Wanda has it worse off. Bam. Objectively speaking, (laughs) it is. (laughs) Okay. Well. This This is what a conversation in our house sounds like all the time. It just always comes back to Wanda for some reason. Correct. It's almost like you're obsessed. Some would say, yeah. But Thor was your original guy. Uh, No, who was my original guy? Hulk. Hulk. But you also loved Chris Hemsworth. And Steve Rogers. And Peggy. Well, are we using their actor names or their (laughs) on-screen names? you know, we usually say Wanda. We don't don't say Elizabeth Olsen. Well, you love Elizabeth Olsen as well. I probably love her the most. Oh, okay. Well, have we rambled enough now? I think so, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Next episode will probably be reacting to the finale of Moon Knight. Then we'll do probably a quick turnaround and talk about 
Do you want to talk about multiverse before and after or just after? I don't know if, what we can say before. I don't like. I know, I feel like this episode, you know, we've gushed enough about how great it's going to be. So probably just after. So you can expect both of those next week, and then we'll have Guardians. After that, we'll have. Uh, we'll see. I do want to talk about Guardians, but I, I, we are sensitive to spoilers when it comes to things like that. Well, in the past, like for Velocicoaster, we did everything you need to know before you ride it. Yes. And we did it from the perspective that we have wrote it, but we will tell you what you need to know without spoiling it. I can support that. Mm-hmm. We'll do something like that. One key thing, and then I promise I'll shut up. <laughs> Is I do think it's really smart now, like Avengers Campus set the precedent with this, is that all the Marvel stuff that happens in the parks is separate from the MCU. It is inspired by the MCU, but it is not affected by it, if that makes sense. So it's different than Galaxy's Edge. Well, it does just give the opportunity to interact with the characters that we've fallen in love with over the past you know, 12 years or however long that they've been making these movies now. I mean, that's what people want to experience. So my point is, is that for Guardians, I don't think you have to watch everything beforehand because I don't think it's going, like you don't need to know exactly where Gamora is in the movies. Yeah, I was going to say, we are expecting, again, we have no clue, but we're expecting to see Gamora. Why hope so. (laughs) Who is Gamora? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So good. Enough? Yep. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Glad to be back. Uh, We appreciate all the messages you guys sent our way checking in on us. But I promise you we are as good as ever. Yeah. Just life happens sometimes. The podcast took a backseat for a little while. But it is something that we want to keep around and keep putting out there because we enjoy having these nerdy talks. Just between the two of us, I guess. Pretty much. But thanks for listening. We appreciate you. See you later. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.